0: Welcome to the Husband Material podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. I am super excited to be talking with one of my favorite people, Certified Husband Material coach, Stephen Thomas.
1: Hey, everybody. Hey, Drew. Thank you for having me again.
0: You're welcome. I just got to see you at the Husband Material Retreat, which was awesome.
1: That was incredible. So good to finally meet in person.
0: Yeah. We climbed a mountain together in the middle of a dense fog.
1: That's true. It was like being inside of a ping pong ball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like, I'm in a ping pong ball. Get me out of here. <laughs> exactly. um, and to me, that was kind of a, a metaphor for healing and recovery, because a lot of times we're not aware of all the progress that we've made. So good. It's very true, man. And one of my favorite parts about that retreat was your breakout session that you led on healing sports wounds. Thank you. Appreciate that. It was incredible. We had multiple men say that they learned more from you in 15 minutes than they learned in their entire middle school PE classes?
1: Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I love hearing that feedback. Um, I mean, obviously, on a personal level to know, hey, something's working here, but it it's more than just about learning the skill. That's a big part of it. Um, and to give a little bit of background, I taught a skill, um, we specifically focused on volleyball. But, um, you know, for people to actually experience coaching where the coach is coming to meet them right where they're at. And it's not shaming. You can be present where you're at with your skill level. Let go of shame of like comparison to other people that are there and actually grow. There's something really powerful about that. And I'm excited to unpack all that in this episode.
0: Yeah, it was so powerful because so many of us carry wounds related to sports.
1: Yes, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, whether it's not playing sports or not being good at sports or playing sports and having horrible experiences. And it was kind of a mind-blowing thing to realize, oh, wait, this this is a real thing. We need to talk about this. So what is a sports wound? I mean, a sports wound is a wound related to our
1: participation or non-participation in sports, to put it simply. We have to recognize that, we live in a very sports centric society. And because of that, um, our performance in sports, our athleticism has become, it's kind of been elevated to the point where it's sort of like the supreme authority on how masculine you are. And maybe it's not been spoken like that, but we all feel it. Almost every guy has gone through the experience of, being requested to play in team sports in some sort of capacity, either at school or maybe the parents pushed them into it. And we've all gone through that experience where, you know, teams are being picked. And as you're waiting to be picked, you just hope you're not last because again, it's, our our performance is related to masculinity. There's, there's actually identity attached to when we're picked. You know, I just hope I'm not last. Am I seen as valuable? And that's, so much of how guys are trained to relate to one another that it's been elevated is such an important thing. So obviously that's pretty narrow-minded. There's so much more to masculinity that, than that. You're going to have certain people that will thrive in that environment and you're going to have a lot of people that won't. So there's lots of wounds related to our experiences with sports.
0: And so many of us have experienced this. I was floored when I realized When we were going around the circle at the breakout session on healing sports wounds, almost every person had been picked last at some point.
1: You're right. So many guys have experienced being picked last and I've had that experience for myself. And it's such a humiliating experience. There's so much shame around it. Um, We just want to escape it. That's been my story. Um, And And what also happens then is you find guys retreat from ever re-entering, connecting with guys through sports because they don't want to relive that again. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to just acknowledge is that there were a bunch of guys who showed up at the retreat. And in my opinion, they were being total badasses by just being like, I'm here. I do not want to be here. And they were showing so much courage putting themselves through this again. Um, and that's also why it was, I think, very redemptive.
0: Yes. Stephen, you've done some thinking about this and identified three different types of sports wounds. What are they? So there's
1: the experience we've already acknowledged, which is the guy who's been left out or picked last. And um, lots of times when you experience that, it comes along with deep insecurities about our bodies um, that can turn into self-loathing about our bodies. Um, and then you, again, you you retreat and are unwilling to re-enter, like connecting with other guys, because it just reminds you of just being seen as weak. And it's shameful. Lots of guys have actually missed out on being able to just connect with other guys, they remove themselves, because they don't want to go through that pain again. So there's very much this guy who's experienced, I, I just don't belong in that world. Don't ever want to go back there. But deep down, there's a, another pain of like, I actually want to go along with the guys, which is just something that we all crave if we're all honest. So that's the first kind of wound. There's another kind of wound of a guy who is kind of in the middle. Um, they might feel overlooked because um, they're out there working their asses off, but um, they're not experiencing the celebration that the top performers are. I have clients that have that story, and um, you know, there's another core need that we all have, which is to be celebrated. Like for example, my little children will come up to me and be like, "Look what I did!" and they just want to be celebrated. And um, to be honest, when I see parents be like, "Oh, they're being cocky," it actually really makes me mad. I'm like, "No, celebrate the hell out of your kid!" And I say that as a pun, like, you know, if you, they don't have that affirmation, you know, it's just a void in them. That hell is going to come and fill with something different, with a false belief. Like we are actually designed by God to need to be championed and celebrated. So. Um, and so there's these guys who might be working and maybe they don't necessarily feel excluded from other guys, but it's a sense of like, I'm overlooked and I want to be champion. And because of that, maybe at the elite level, I don't feel recognized and noticed. And then there's also along with that, the comparison wound. Let me put it this way. To me, what's masculine, what is um what we're going for is confidence in ourselves where we are at, where we don't have to compare ourselves to other guys. Like I can celebrate you if you're better than me, because I'm secure in who I am and what I bring to the table. So um, getting rid of that comparison um, is important to be able to do that, but it only comes if we have security, but in the sports world, it's all about comparison. And I get it. Like if you're picking a team to win, you're going to try to pick the best players. But my point is, is that, Sports can't drive the narrative on what masculinity is, you know, there's so much more than that. And, um, and we have to have that discussion about what masculinity really is. And, um, so that that can be expounded on and that other guys can have their masculinity that they can become secure in it and that they can hear the affirmation they need. And it can be unrelated to sports.
0: You can be a total badass in so many ways. Absolutely. I mean, I was thinking about
1: this, like, I think of like the old days of, you know, those old paintings, where if you go to like a museum, and you see a painting, and there's just so much intricate detail, where they've like spent all this time, I'm like, man, the guy who did that, so showed so much self control, and showed so much um, self regulation, self regulation to see that through, like, to me, that's a masculine quality. So my point is, is like, if you have a son. That is art bent. Like there's masculine traits that are gonna come out of him in his art. So why not affirm that? You know, why not draw that out rather than put the doubt in his mind by like comparing his masculinity to others through what his athletic performance capabilities are?
0: Yeah. I had a client who said that his dad tried to fit him into a man box, like his own little man box. And I also realized that his dad was also forcing him out of his own man box. So real. His own unique masculinity was invalidated and then forced to try to fit someone else's.
1: Yeah. It's so sad because again, like I think that I don't like making generalizations, but I do think that um, in our father's generation, the degree that sports define masculinity may have even been up like another level than what we experienced in our generation and they've passed that down to us and it's so narrow-minded and again we're in a world where we compare ourselves against a small percentage of men that are physically elite you know in the world but they're the ones we look up to you know and the truth is is even within the sports world among these elite men there are problems. Like there are problems of addiction. There's problems of assault. You know, you always hear the the scandal, the scandals that come up related to this. And so obviously like if a man is assaulting a woman, you know, if he needs to prove his masculinity to another woman in that way, he's not secure in his own masculinity. He would not need to do that if he owned his strength and his confidence, right? So the point is, is it's a broken system in the sense that like Just because somebody has physical capability does not make them a man. I mean, they're in the sense of obviously we're biological men, but, you know, growing up emotionally into a man, what that is.
0: Yeah, that can look so many different ways. It doesn't have to look like sports. It can look like fashion design. Absolutely. (laughs) One of the guys in one of my groups grew up being forced to take piano lessons, hated it. Just sat through school. So boring. But then he had this teacher in high school who got him into fashion and he loved it. He loved making clothes and that was his area of beauty and strength. And of course, he experienced the opposite out on the baseball field. You've already begun to mention that these sports wounds are not only for the lowest performers or the middle performers what does it look like for a top performer?
1: Yeah. So you hear stories of top performers who have learned that, you know, them experiencing love from others is tied purely to their performance and they don't see value in themselves anywhere beyond that. And then they get out of the sport and they're become, you know, heavy into addiction or like gambling and things like that. Again, to only... Judge ourselves by our physical capabilities is such a narrow way to look at masculinity. And when we do that, you know, you have people who perform well in sports, but there's more to that. Men are more complex than just, you know, our physical capability and our ability to play sports. So, um, you know, a lot of them never get the opportunity then to explore these other things of themselves, you know, and there's wounds there where they feel like a shell of themselves. And it's just all about, like, hey, everyone loves you when you hit the home run. And that's what you do. Don't don't try to break out of that box. So they get put in a man box also.
0: That one identifies with me in the sense that I received a lot of praise when I did well in school or in sports and not when I didn't. So even the praise and the celebration that I did receive had a shadow around it. That's it. I mean, you know, if.
1: If you don't know that you're loved on your journey, you know, if you have to always be perfect to get love, there's going to be a wound there because that's not unconditional love. And in many ways we're talking about a form where there's, it's like a pervasive form of conditional love that's woven its way into society and into our families, even of how we, um, how we judge men.
0: This resonates.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, me too. Um, how about we share some stories that we've gone through?
0: Yeah, let's do it. I feel like I identify with all three different types of sports wounds. And I want to talk about the first one for me because I was picked last and actually one time was not picked at all.
1: That is brutal.
0: Yeah. I was in third grade, living in Mexico City, a place where soccer or football is the king Um, and for me as a kid who was grown about four inches a year really tall really lengthy i did not have very good coordination with my feet so i was picked last in fact the ranking was the mexican boys then the mexican girls and then the americans and that was me the americans the koreans those who didn't grow up surrounded by soccer. And then when I got into middle school, I tried out for soccer, didn't make the team. So the next year I tried out and I thought maybe I could be a goalie. This way I don't have to use my feet. My length maybe can be a strength. And there was an A team that was being picked and a B team that was being picked. And I was so So delighted to find out that there were only two goalies trying out me and one other guy. So I thought, this could be my chance. This could be my moment to reverse the curse of soccer in my life, make the team have a contribution and belong. I got the goalie gloves. I got my first pair of goalie gloves. I was really excited. I was nervous. I went to the tryouts and I felt like I did okay. And the coaches told me that they chose not to pick a goalie for the B team.
1: That is heartbreaking, man. Like, what a message of you're not wanted. You know? Like, that pains me to hear that.
0: (sighs) Yeah. They chose somebody who tried out for a different position as a goalie even though he didn't try out as a goalie. So I went back to intramurals. These tryouts would affect where you went for physical education every day, whether it was for a specific sports team or just with all the kids who were playing random things each day. And I didn't make the cut.
1: And do you feel like
0: that um,
1: impacted you and your own view of, of your own masculinity in any way? Did you process it like that at all?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did okay in other things and eventually played a different sport. It was so hurtful, though, because I lost against no one.
1: And it even feels like they lied to you, you know, by saying we're not going to pick a goalie, but then they just made someone else the goalie. We didn't even try out to it. You're right. That is a lot like the first wound, the being left out, you know, and the statements of my masculinity isn't good enough um, I'm curious for you to, have you found yourself, did you find yourself avoiding sports at all from that experience?
0: Definitely avoided soccer.
1: No surprise there. Yeah. Which is a shame because, you know, let's say if somebody just was willing to give you the time, what could that have been? You know what I mean? Like at the husband material retreat clinic that we did, um, in that breakout session, you know there are all different kinds of skill level coming in and it was just about just because of my pain <laughs> that I've gone through and I'll share some stories in a minute but um, meeting people patiently where they're at and just teaching them where they're at giving them that focused attention got them to say things like man in 15 minutes with you I learned more than I've ever learned throughout middle school and some people expressed their pissed <laughs> that that was their experience that they had with coaches because you know, like, why should soccer be ruined for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we create space for people? You know, and I get it that there can be a difference between competitive sports and stuff like that. But still, it shouldn't be this shaming thing. And there shouldn't be so much identity tied to it.
0: Totally agree. Stephen, what did a sports wound look like for you?
1: Quick backstory about myself. Um, I grew up in Chicagoland during the Jordan era. And um my family was very into sports. Um, I'm the youngest of four. I watched all of my siblings play sports. And um, I went to small private Christian schools and these schools were really small. So I, I switched schools in third grade and um, I was super excited because I was going to now be old enough to actually participate in team sports because these schools were so small that they needed everyone from third through eighth grade to participate but this was super exciting for me. Um, I was chomping at the bit to finally get to do this. The first sport of the year was soccer, soccer again. (laughs) And we went to a practice actually before the school year even started. And the first thing that happened when I got there was the coach noticed for some reason and decided to call out that um, there was another kid at the practice who was previously the shortest person there, but he noticed that I was also short. So we had to stand back to back and in front of everyone measured who was shorter. And lo and behold, I now held the title of shortest person at the, um, at the soccer practice. And something I didn't process and realize at eight years old was that I was at this, you know, on this team with third through eighth graders. So that's eight to 13 years old. There's a big development gap between an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old who's, you know, already hit puberty. So, you know, me being the shortest felt like a message of you're the weakest. And it, and as we were playing soccer, you know, it was harder for me to keep up. I couldn't kick the ball as hard. There, my skills weren't as developed. And it was just a horrible, shaming experience for me. I I absolutely loathed, loathed the experience. And, um, you know, a trigger uh, for me is that I had triggers with height. So actually it would be a common thing where if I saw tall guys or who are athletic, it felt like they would want nothing to do with me. You know, um, these guys are going to judge me and think I have no value, you know, so I'll just avoid that. So just from that one experience, you know, that's showed up where I've had to process and realize, Oh, I need to like bring some healing to the story that's been playing out in my life where I've been excluding myself because of the pain I've experienced in the past.
0: And if I remember correctly, some of that pain came from the other boys, right? So yeah, I mean, ultimately, there's a
1: whole other story there where I was bullied and not invited, not included to a birthday party at the beginning of the season. And in the small private school where everyone else is invited, but you like it was hell. And, um, and I, I, again, I blamed my body, I blamed my, I I had self-loathing, self-hatred, For my body, because I felt like that's why I'm not being included, because I'm not performing at the level they are in sports. So it embedded in me some really deep insecurities about my physical self.
0: So wrong. I'm angry for you. Thank you. I mean, I'll
1: just say thank you. It's one of those things that, um, as I tell the story, the truth is, is I processed a lot of the pain, and it's really fun because I find that God just has redemptive gifts you know as i've stepped into just being comfortable with myself and choosing to believe that i belong in any situation it's funny how god works like for example you and i are friends you're six foot seven i'm five foot eight <laughs> you know what i mean um, yeah. so these are things that like we didn't become friends because i was looking to like reverse that curse but it's happened you know and god's just like that as we like do this work i always feel like he brings these gifts along the the healing path
0: and now you are helping others learn to belong. Now you are leading a breakout session on healing sports wounds. How redemptive is that? I love it. Honestly, it's,
1: it felt so good to give that away. And just to see, you could see the joy in some of these guys who had not felt like they belonged in a sports environment. You know, Um, it was so cool to experience that. And um, that's one of those things that for me, is definitely a form of reversing the curse, being out there coaching others.
0: And to watch some of these men try to set the volleyball or bump the volleyball and completely miss it and not give up and have determination in their eyes. And you could just sense that they're not disqualifying themselves. They're getting back into it. They're choosing to be learners. They're choosing to belong. It's like, they don't have to be amazing at it. Yeah. You were just undoing so many lies. Yeah. I mean, I remember one guy being like, this is
1: just an experience. Like I've never had an experience like this. he never had belonged in that kind of way. And, um, you know, I took some redemptive risks to kind of, that gave me a grid to create this experience. Um, so for example, I, I've shared this before, but I did CrossFit and, um, part of that for me was doing, taking the risk of, all right, I'm going to be in a situation where I'm the lowest performer in the room. And in CrossFit, they measure you against each other. Like it's a competition like that, but they also encourage like a, a good CrossFit gym, a good gym in general should encourage like a belonging kind of um, environment, a belonging environment where basically, you know, we still are celebrating the effort that everyone's trying that everyone's putting in and that we celebrate the person who comes there for the first time, you know, and can't keep up, you know, I had a couple of memories that really stand out. There was one time early on where I was doing a workout and it was a timed workout, And I probably finished about five minutes after the person before me and there were men and women there. So I was like, like the dead last. And I mean, there's, it's not always the exact same workout. Like there's like the women's version and the men's version. And I actually was doing the women's version. I couldn't even keep up with the men's version of it. But, um, in that moment, I remember, and I'll say this when everyone's done and it's just you out there working out that five minutes feels like forever. Mm. Yeah. The CrossFit owner, he just came and he stood by me. And as I was like going through the different techniques and stuff, he just was like, like good rep. Like he was just encouraging me and stood with me the entire time. And that gave me a picture of just like, That was a really healing picture to think of. Like, I didn't feel shame. I actually felt that, you know, like he wanted me to know that me choosing to not give up because some, like, I could have just pretended I got there, that I was finished, but I was like owning up and be like, (laughs) I have more reps to complete. And he was, you know, being with me through it. And that was just a really neat experience to realize, oh yeah, like not everybody who's fit is out there to make you feel small, you know, and reverse some of these these
0: curses that we've believed. That gym owner sounds like a really good coach. Unfortunately, not many of us have had good coaches. And one of the things that makes me so mad and passionate is how horrible behavior and immature behavior in coaches is just allowed. And it's standard. It's like we allow coaches to to harm players we allow coaches to emotionally abuse players one of my coaches in basketball looked one of the players in the eyes and said you need to take off your dress because you're playing like a girl mm. his face was purple while he said this he broke his clipboard over his knee
1: it's sad because like you know that that coach is just insecure and feels like everyone else's performance is a you know a statement of how good of a coach he is right and he's just passing off his insecurity to you know another kid. And that's such a good point, Drew, because um, you know, to me, there's a greater issue in society where we get comfortable as parents, but sometimes we'll pass off our parenting role to other people to do it for us because we don't like the discomfort of it. And in a sports-centric society where the you know that elevates the voice of the coach, the opinion of the coach. But if you have a dick coach, Like get your kid out of that situation, you know? Amen. (laughs) Yeah. And go or go confront them, you know? And again, that requires, you know, me as a parent, I've had to confront coaches actually already in my for my own children or other parents about just different things and do that in a healthy way and everything. But, you know, I have no desire to raise insecure children. God wants us as children to be secure. He's not wanting us to be insecure, just like I don't want my children to be insecure. And as children of God, that is our portion. Confidence is our portion.
0: Amen. That's what we need. So how can we actually heal and become more confident and pursue redemption?
1: Well, I think we always got to take healing as kind of an in and out approach. So um, I think for me, doing inner child recovery type stuff, has been super helpful. So, you know, I talked about how parents have kind of given up their their voice. Like a parent is a voice of authority to a child, right? So if you have a dick coach experience, a parent can come in and undo that, be like, no, no, you're so good. You're so strong. And even like if their kid may be not good at that sport, the parent can put them in other situations where their kid can thrive, so they can see that they can be successful in other areas. And that even helps in... There is a good reality to embrace that you don't have to be the best at everything because we don't want to raise our kids where they are basing their value on performance, right? So, but you can take them out of situations and put them in situations where they thrive, where they can feel confidence and know what that's like, right? So, um, my point is, is that in my own pain, like my parents didn't step into the situation where I was being um, left out, not invited to birthday parties, where I was um, being compared. Um, and those are really painful experiences. So for me, inner child work looks like actually going back and imagining the parenting I needed so I can experience it at an emotional level. And when I experience that at an emotional level and I say, Steven, you are strong. It actually lands deeper. If I don't do the emotional part, it just like stays in my head and doesn't sink it. So I give myself an emotional grid by actually imagining it and experiencing it at an emotional level. And as I do that, It since it sinks in deeply, that helps me see God. Um, I've done recovery work where you imagine like where Jesus is. And I've had a hard time seeing Jesus because of the passivity of my parents. I had a hard time seeing him. But as I've actually allowed myself to imagine an engaged parent, I can see Jesus now. And it's helped me. It's actually helped repair my relationship with God in that process. So on one hand, we do the internal work. The other side is the external work. Like let's eat the fruit of the work we're doing um, in our in our lives and let's choose some take some redemptive risks to choose we belong. So that's why I did the CrossFit Gym, you know. Honestly, when I, I asked you, hey, can I do a breakout session at the retreat? And um, allowing myself to kind of own that I would love to coach guys is taking redemptive risk because it's something written on my heart and it's vulnerable, you know? But my point is you put yourself out there and um, put yourself in situations where you have to like The only way you can like do it in a healthy way is to choose to believe, hey, I belong. I'm not giving the voice of authority. I'm not giving that to anybody else. Um, I'm going to be okay that I'm not the best at this. I'm going to love myself that I'm learning. And I give yourself that healing experience, actually. And um, that's what a redemptive risk looks like, is actually acting it out.
0: It looks like joining that club or that team or that league that in the past you would have been so terrified to try out for, or to even give yourself a chance. Yeah.
1: And the truth is you could trigger in the process, like even if you're doing the emotional work, but the point is, is if I do that inner child healing work, if I imagine the parenting I need um, in the moment where I'm feeling tense about it, I, again, when I start telling me myself the truths that I've already practice and imagine where a father's saying, no, you're so awesome. Like you have so much strength. I, it gives me something I can easily refer to, to pull up that goodness again and help me navigate through that. And then you walk out and be like, I did it. And sometimes you even just celebrate the fact that you did it, even though it yeah. you know, it might, might not have even been the greatest experience, you know, but you can just be like, I did something that was courageous. And again, by doing that, you're just, that's ownership of your masculinity That's ownership of, I belong, you know, I'm celebrating myself. I'm, I'm erasing the lies that, you know, because at the CrossFit gym, my weakness is on display for everybody to see um, uh, that that disqualifies me or make, makes me less as a man. And again, this is how I coach the guys who were at beginner skill levels there. Oh, I'm going to allow myself to experience the kindness of like, I'm going to essentially be my own coach of being like, it's okay that you're last place. I'm going to give you the time you need to develop the skill if you want to do that, right? Mm. Like, it's okay that you're not perfect. You want to go learn that? I mean, for some people, they're not going to have the success they want in something for like a year. Some people will get it in a month. But I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm a year. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just going to choose to belong and li- and create the life I want. Unsuck yourself, <laughs> you know? Like, you know the- <laughs> We get stuck, right? And sometimes it's this. Sometimes we just need to give ourselves the grace and compassion to be on the journey of not having it all together and loving ourselves every minute.
0: Yeah. And what a gift when we can relate to each other that way. Yes. And celebrate the hell out of each other. I like that phrase. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Celebrate heaven into each other. Yes, that's exactly it. I love the way that you talked about healing being inside and outside, that there's part of me that needs to become present to the boy within me who was wounded to give him what he needs and then together with him, go out there and try again. Go out there and be courageous. Go out back onto the field, back onto the court. That's unstucking ourselves, right? That's,
1: I feel stuck in this area. i never feel like I belong with the guys. This is taking the redemptive risk. And in that moment, you still will probably trigger. But when you begin to speak to yourself and calm yourself down, it's going to land deeper because you're doing the internal child work and you've already experienced it emotionally. You've already experienced what it's like to have a voice of authority Like calm the insecurities. That's what it is. A kid is insecure and needs an adult to be like, no, 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 you're good.
0: Let's get really practical about this. Let's say somebody is actually putting this into practice, like, okay, Steven, I'll go out there and I'll join this pickup game where I live. Or they're gonna maybe even just take the risk of playing a video game. I don't know. Maybe they have video game. Totally. And they get triggered in that moment. What can we do? I'll talk to myself and speak truth to myself. So again,
1: if I'm triggered, it's normally about I don't belong. I feel like annoying because people need to like adjust their game so that I can be included, or just you know it could be anything like that. And it'd be saying things to myself like, "No, you are included. You're completely lovable, um, even as you learn this skill." And one thing to note is. If I have a hard time believing it, it just means that on my own i'm gonna I'm gonna spend more time with the kid so that he can believe it so that we can embrace that. I mean we want to embrace the truth of again, it's being comfortable in our own skin.
0: yes, if you find yourself trying to do that self talk and it's not working, maybe there needs to be some foundation of building trust so that you can have the right to say those words, yeah. That might sound really strange for some people, like the idea of building trust with my inner child. Just think about it this way. If there's a part of you that feels unsafe with sports, that feels unlovable with sports, and you can have an experience of being loved that you can control in your imagination, maybe with a professional leader, maybe inviting the presence of God into it, then that will give you some evidence that you can hold on to that. Yes, I am loved. Yes, I do belong. I can keep myself safe and show up here. Absolutely.
1: I want to address too. I think that the idea of imagining it probably is also, also sounds weird for some people. Um, First thing I would say is, Hey, that's what I do. And it's worked. I'm 13 years sober. (laughs) And, um, and as I've brought that, Aspects in it, I've experienced healing. And like I said, I it actually helps me see God better. And the other side of it is too, we imagine like the worst case scenarios all the time, you know. So why not imagine something that works for us? You know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because it's a lot like watching a movie. When you watch a movie, you um experience the emotions that the people can feel, you can empathize with them and you can really like have an emotional experience. So why not like watch a movie of healing for yourself? And Again, all you're doing is expanding your ability to receive love, you know, because if you're just doing it kind of in a logical way, it's not going to sink down in a way that feels like holistic. It's not going to feel like it's in your heart and you need that because again, when we're talking about confidence and exuding confidence, being comfortable in our own skin, it's something that just kind of comes out of the, like, you know, the core of you, you know, and it's a piece for me. I just find I keep experiencing the goodness of God in in that place because it's like oh me seeing myself right seeing myself as fearfully and wonderfully made and believing that um me owning the phrase i feel the goodness of god in that that um that again oh wow like that's so foreign to me i'm, I'm so used to feeling so insecure but that security um, makes me trust God. It makes me trust him as a father more, and therefore I see Him more and I go to him more. It's actually improved my relationship with God. So um, that's what we're trying to repair because you can do all the external stuff, but if you don't do that internal repair, if it doesn't land inside, it could actually do nothing. You know, the external redemptive risk without the internal. Um, it can do something, I'll say, but I, I think it won't go all the way. I, I don't think people will get to that point where, hey, wherever I walk, there's like confidence that just comes with me because it's in me, you know? And I've decided that I'm accepted. I've decided I'm cool. I'm not giving that authority to you. And if if a person doesn't see it, that's fine. It doesn't it has no bearing on me. I'm not requiring everyone else to see it. You know, it feels so freeing to not live and die by other people's opinions of myself. Gosh, it's way better. And I'm not perfect at this. I still wrestle through this stuff,
0: but. I can get behind that. I can get on board with that. Ah, <sighs> Stephen, thank you so much. What is your favorite thing about healing sports wounds?
1: Security feels so much better than insecurity. It's what I just said. Um, and even, um, like, for example, I talked about the height thing, realizing on my healing journey, I actually can connect with more people than I used to be able to, because I've healed this part of myself where I would reject potential connection with people, um, because of the pain it would bring up. So I have a greater ability to love others um, because I'm not so, uh, I don't mean this in a mean way, but it's like narcissistic because it's like you're focused on your own pain all the time. So I can't even give out. So my ability to connect with more people and then love others better. um, And when I get to reflect on that, the the goodness I feel in actually loving myself, that's really great.
0: It's interesting to me that even though there's an 11 inch difference between our height, it doesn't feel that way. Maybe it's because of the way that you carry yourself and the work that you've done.
1: Yeah, totally. No, in our friendship, that's not been an issue at all. You know, it's just an external thing. Like, cool, you're six, seven. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hugs are going to fit differently, as with everybody in my life.
1: Yeah. Like, you're just going to have to squat a little lower. <laughs> And I'm going to allow myself to feel love that you're willing to do that. I'm
0: not a father to you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Stephen, I'm so excited that you are now fully launched into your coaching business. You're leading a husband material group starting pretty soon in January. How can people get connected with you and your services?
1: So you can reach me at stephenthomasconsulting.com. Um, you can also find me on my Facebook business page, which is facebook.com slash Stephen Thomas Consulting. I offer both individual coaching, couples coaching, and then I do small group coaching with husband material, which is a blast.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank you, Drew. Always a good time. And always remember, you are God's beloved son. In you, he is well-pleased.